Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac. Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And it is a football Monday after draft edition of Birds 365. Busy last couple of days for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're here to break it all down for you. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Did you get some sleep last night, McMullen? No, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on empty, but everybody is this time of year. It's funny when you see the metamorphosis from uh, Thursday night to Saturday. Nobody shaves in the entire building. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those times of years. And uh, Yeah, successful, I would say, three days for the Eagles. The Eagles put their work in, and you guys who cover it put your work in. So, yes, that's why I asked you about last night. I thought maybe, just maybe you got to bed at a decent hour. So, uh, 
you can uh, breathe a little bit easier after putting in all that work. And the Eagles surely put in a ton of work. When we were last on Friday morning, it was after round one where the Eagles got two Georgia Bulldogs, two potential star players, two values. Not only did they get talent, but they got value where they got them in the round. So we were singing the praises of Howie Roseman. Well, the hits just kept on coming in both day two and day three, including a trade. What yours truly proposed here on Birds 365 on Friday morning, uh, a whole <clears> bunch <throat> of other people put two and two together and came up with the possibility before the Eagles actually pulled the trigger on it. But I thought DeAndre Swift could be had, and he was, who, of course, is a graduate of the University of Georgia. Or, well, no, I don't know. I shouldn't say. I don't know if he graduated or not. But attended classes down at the University of Georgia, which makes him a bulldog. So drafting... Uh, trading, uh, we'll get to the undrafted free agent that the Eagles signed just after. Was there a box that Howie Roseman did not check this weekend, John McMullen? Uh, all ball linebacker. Uh, that's about what, it. Yeah, maybe, what the maybe, hell? Maybe uh, they uh, just refuse to acknowledge. Are they going to play with no linebackers this year? Is it going to be N'Kobe Dean out there for every single snap and five five up, five back, and one guy in the middle and his name, name's N'Kobe Dean? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 by the way, yeah, Nicobe will be near 100% if, if, if he stays healthy um, for the snaps. But, uh, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, I imagine if he sprains an ankle, how bad it gets nice. at that point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably it. You could argue receiver. I'm a little surprised it didn't add a, um, something at receiver. Um but they signed Alameda Zacchaeus and and by the way, two St. Joe's preps guys now with Alameda and DeAndre Swift. Um, so you know it's like Georgia and St. Joe's prep for the Eagles. <laughs> but uh uh yeah, I mean it's tough to complain. I said I, I was doing a lot of hits after the draft with Xander and after the picks during the entire weekend, and thanks for everybody for tuning in we did tremendous numbers but uh you know i i'm at the point where you know how long i've sung the praises of howie roseman jody you of all people know and at the beginning that wasn't very popular now it's tim to the point he never makes a mistake and i right. want to look for mistakes and i i'm like looking for mistakes and i admit i can't find them and i saw peter schrager go on the nfl network and say some people around other gms around the nfl are getting kind of pissed off about how much praise he's getting. And I said to myself, well, don't make it so stinking easy for him. Right. That, that would be my estimation for these useful idiots he, he, he kind of takes advantage of. And first and foremost, another young general manager. Now, you know, third year, he should be getting his uh, uh, feet under him, is Brad Holmes out in Detroit. And by the way, I think Detroit's, and heading in the right direction. I think they're going to win that division on paper. I think they're the most talented team. I go back to Dallas Goddard last year. He told me, I don't care what anybody says. Detroit's the most talented team we played last year. Um, and they finally figured it out after starting one and six, and they finished above 500. All good things. But, man, I mean, the assets you're spending to replace DeAndre Swift, who was a disappointment, by the way. So Eagles fans assuming this guy's going to make the Pro Bowl or things like that. He was a disappointment in Detroit. 
But the assets they're expending, they signed David Montgomery in free agency. Um, they 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 spend the twelfth overall pick on on Jameer Gibbs. He might turn into a Pro Bowl player. That's not the point. It's the point of the valuation you're talking about, Jody and Howie Roseman. And then you're signaling to Howie Roseman, the biggest shark in the ocean. Oh, by the way, we we can't keep this guy. Right. He gives him a trinket, and you know DeAndre Swift behind arguably the best offensive line in football with the plus one that I've been talking about forever. Jalen Hurts makes running backs better. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over a thousand yards pretty easily uh, for this team. And Brad Holmes made it easy for him because if Jody McDonald, no offense to you, Jody, you're a very savvy person, but if Jody McDonald can figure it out and John McMullen can figure it out, well, stinking how he's on the phone 10 seconds later. You make it easy for him. Yeah. If, if you if you don't like it, stop making it so easy for him. And I thank Xander, <clears throat> Xander Krauss, our producer, for putting up the clip of uh, me talking to you and Les Bowen was on the show with us at the time of me suggesting that uh, he could become available. And if so, uh, Eagles should have interest in a player like DeAndre. Uh, they, they hadn't even gone completely Georgia crazy by adding Kaylee Ringo. They just kept adding Georgia guys. And that had nothing to do with me suggesting the Eagles should pick him up. And truth be told, the fact that he's a St. Joe's uh, high school kid uh, had very little to do with it. I just think he's a talented player. And the numbers games were adding up against him in Detroit. So that's why I said the Eagles should look into it. Uh, so uh, uh, Xander put up the clip on Twitter. And uh, sure enough, I get a couple of guys. Oh, but you're way off on the evaluation. You said they could get him for a seventh rounder. No, here's what I said. A day three pick, maybe as little as a seventh rounder. Well, they ended up giving up a fourth round pick two years down the road. Not one year, two (laughs) years down the road. So you tack on at least a year for a round for every year that you move off when you're actually selecting. So fourth round pick two years from now is like a sixth round pick now. And yeah, they moved about 20 spots uh, down in the, the seventh round. Oh, did that keep him from taking the uh, good young tackle from Texas? No, he was still on the board late in the seventh round when they picked. Really? You're going to nitpick because I said a day three pick, wow, people, which people. may be a seventh, turned out to be a two years down the road fourth. You're going to go, wow, you're way off on the compensation the Eagles had to give are you sh- are you kidding me? Really? Yeah, I don't even I mean, know. The I, I, but I Howie, mean... Howie was he was masterful this weekend. Not only in setting up his draft board, getting value, uh, getting Georgia players. And I do want to bring that up with you at some point. Could that actually become a question mark for reliability? But that was as as good a uh, draft as I've seen in a long time. Everybody's. Uh, got their grades out, and uh, it's one of the more difficult things to do to grade a draft. Well, it's not difficult, but it's difficult to get it right. You go back and check it two years from now. Oh, my God, he gave him a B-plus, and it was exactly a B-plus. It's very difficult to do, but how do you not just appreciate what Howie Roseman has done the last three days? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was trying to figure out uh, bad decisions. And, you know, I, I kind of tweeted out over the weekend, you know, I judge, you know, draft grades are dumb. I think we can all agree with that. I mean, we, we don't know. And Peter King in his column put up 2020 and actually went through the picks. And, 
how excited everybody. A lot of good players, a lot of bad players, uh, a lot of terrible things happen uh, for organizations. Look, everybody gets some right. Everybody gets some wrong. Um, you know, evaluations are evaluations. And that's, I'm not saying that's the most important part of all, but if if you stack good decisions, those are the good teams, and and you make and they and the and decisions make sense. Those are the good teams. When decisions don't make sense, and I go back to Detroit, they might have have picked two Pro Bowl players, Jody. They might have picked two Pro Bowl players. I have no idea. The decisions don't make sense. So what that tells me is they're going to take they're going to make more bad decisions moving forward and if you make bad decisions you're going to you're going to have more bad outcomes than good outcomes um it, with the eagles and we've seen it play out over the years if you make good decisions they don't all work out doesn't guarantee a, a, a good outcome but if you make good decisions you got more opportunities for good outcomes so that's kind of what i judge and i said Shh, don't tell editors uh, because they all want grades, um, and nobody knows. Nobody knows. So that's what I grade. I grade decisions. I don't grade players because, you know, nobody. It, it, I encourage everybody to look at Peter's column for two reasons. He was in sort of embedded with Las Vegas, uh, but he also went back to the 2020 draft, which is not that far ago, and yep. you could see all the players that already are – sort of bust so you know everybody thinks they got a great player some are going to be right some are going to be wrong um and it starts with Jalen Carter for the Eagles and obviously you know in that same column Peter said he wouldn't do it and there's a lot of people there's a lot of conservative people who who wouldn't do it uh but you know I think he's the best player in the draft and you get him at number nine He's not John Dillinger. He's immature. Uh, uh, you know, some people don't. Some people grow up. Some people never grow up. So yep. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. But this kid's so talented. He's going to out-talent people. Um, the value. The value is just off the charts. All right. You said you were actually making an effort to come up with some questions for Howie Roseman in there. Few and far between on the roster building he's done the last couple of days. I'll throw you a couple. I'll throw a couple your way because uh, came up with them uh, on either my CBS show on uh, Saturday night and or uh, WIP yesterday uh, with uh, my buddy Glenn Macnow and Ray Didinger hopped out with us. Uh, you know, I suggested the DeAndre Swift trade on Friday morning. Ray Diddy did the same exact thing on uh, Friday night on NBC Sports Philly. And I like I like the trade again. Uh, I might have been slightly off on what the Eagles would have had to give up. So if Detroit did anything right, getting a future—I mean, down the road, two years down the road, fourth—might actually turn out okay for Detroit. Um, but here's one thing that I do worry about: they get the Andre Swift. They've already got four backs, including or five, including Kennedy Brooks, uh, the Oklahoma kid who's looking more and more like a practice squad guy at best again this year. That's six running backs. They got how many inside linebackers on this roster? They got six running backs, but they've got two inside linebackers. Uh, somebody's got to play special teams for this team, John. 
And I don't know of any of those running backs. And I'm talking about coverage teams. Boston Scott can return kicks. He might even be their kickoff or punt return guy, uh, number one guy again this year. Hopefully they, they can find someone who's even better to, better better at it than Boston Scott. But somebody's got to go down and cover kicks and punts. We're all flashing back to the bad punt in the Super Bowl that set the Kansas City Chiefs up <clears> at the doorstep. <throat> and was a contributing factor to the Eagles not winning the championship this year. Special teams was not a strength for the Eagles, although you wouldn't know that by Michael Clay's contract extension. Who's going to be covering for the Eagles this year on special teams on both punts and kicks? Because it doesn't look like they've got a roster full. The draft picks they took this with is Keely Ringo going to be a special teams ace that's one yeah, area where be. I, he better yeah, be exactly not that's one area right where I think they've left themselves a little short as of right now is that a fair critique um two were I mean they got some you know when you look at special teams it's it's generally athlete driven uh so when you say Kale Ringo look most college players who get drafted don't play a lot of special teams because they're all stars for the most part at that level. Uh, even seventh round picks, you know, they're stars at that level. Um, so they don't play a lot of special teams and they have to sort of learn it um, at the pro level. And some people take to it, some people don't. But when you can run a sub four, four, you know, they're going to look at you as a gunner. Um, you know, they signed an undrafted kid from Michigan State. Uh, who's a linebacker, Ben Van Sumeren, who's got this outrageous, outrageous athletic profile uh, for his size, but he's got no instincts. That's the, you know, he can't play linebacker, but maybe you can play special teams. You know, you just run down and and you do some things, maybe he has a feel for it. You know, they already have Zach McPherson, Andre Sachere, people who can play it. Christian Ellis, who was tremendous at it. He was good. When they jumped, uh, when they finally put him on the field. So they have a group. I mean, they have to get better. Uh, no question about that. But, uh, you know, you're right about, you know, fourth running backs, fifth receivers. You know, when everybody wants to put together these fantasy football teams, if you're the fourth running back, you got to help on special teams. Yes. It might be Boston Scott's way of, of kickoff returns, um, or it might be a coverage guy or what have you. Same thing as a fifth receiver. You got to help on special teams. So it does no good to build up a, an all star team by a fifth receiver who can't play special teams. Doesn't work. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that sort of, is always pushed to the background, but, and I always go back to when Dave Fipp was here, the Eagles always kept one or two players that were special team centric. They've gotten away from that a little bit. Maybe they got to get back to it. And that's why I bring up that kid from, from Michigan state, you know, but Calais Ringo, I mean, look, you're sub four, four, you got to play special teams uh, and you got to learn it and you got to take to it. And if somebody that talented takes to it, they're going to be good at special teams. They're going to be good at it. But a lot of guys don't like it, to be honest. Right. You got you to accept the responsibility. And for a guy like Ringo, who might not be starting or getting a whole heck of a lot of snaps, 
I'd rather be active playing special teams than uh, not active. Uh, but you're you're higher on the depth chart than somebody else is. Uh, when you're when you're a rookie, you just want to get out there on the field and be able to make a play and open some coaches' eyes. He's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. You got Mac and Mac Birds 365 after a very successful draft weekend for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we got two good guests joining us today to talk about where the birds sit after this good weekend. The first one up is our guy Hunter Brody. We haven't had Hunter on in about a month. Uh, from the best uh, best show ever on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Hunter Brody jumps aboard next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, got fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. weekend in which most of us think Kyrie Roseman just flat out killed it. Let's see if our first guest agrees. Uh, you can see him every single day on the best show ever on NBC Sports Philadelphia. 
Mr. Hunter Brody, how would you describe Howie's? They got Weekend at Bernie's. How was Weekend at Howie's, Hunter Brody? Oh, it was fantastic. Are you kidding me? That was unbelievable. I I was at a party on Saturday afternoon, and you know how when you go places, everyone you're with wants to talk sports with, and you're like, dude, I do this for a living. I kind of want to (laughs) relax. Well, you you get the whole, like, what do you think? And I tried telling them how incredible it was, but I felt the whole time I was doing Howie a disservice because I I can't even fathom what he did. Man, Hunter, I want to criticize a guy that can't. Uh, You know, I want to. And I'm trying to find reasons. I'm looking under every rock. By the way, what does the hat say? I can't see the hat. Oh, there. sorry. It says, uh, I'd rather be watching the... Hold there on we a second. Go. Hold on. Hold right. on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, there you go. All right. I'd rather go. be watching the birds. And that's because of Howie Roseman. What, now, Peter Schrager was on the NFL Network. I don't, I don't know if you saw it, but he said a bunch of GMs around the league are getting tired of all the the praise Howie Roseman is getting. And by the way, Howie in the past, he hates it when people say, oh, you're fleecing this guy, you're fleecing that guy, because he wants these idiots to pick up the phone. Keep coming, yeah. Uh, (laughs) And they keep picking up the phone and doing stupid, you know what? What, what? If they they don't want him to get praise, stop making it so easy for him. Is it that simple? Yeah, I mean, it is funny because I was thinking the same exact thing now because I saw another clip. There was somebody else going around, and I think it was a former GM. It was some TikTok, and he was saying, yeah, who's the one guy that when you when you see calling, you're like, oh, man. And of course, he says it's Howie Roseman because you're unsure on how this thing is going to go. And I guess, you know, you get a little nervous working with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I what what's the alternative, though, right? Start doing bad things so then people feel obligated to to work with you a little bit more. You just got to keep going about business. But I keep going back to when he lost the Super Bowl, his body language the first Ah, time he spoke to the media. He was so depressed, Hunter. He was so depressed. Right, because he realized that he put together a roster, and especially in that NFC where Jalen Hurts was balling at that level, and health. What are the odds you can get back to the bowl and be that healthy again? Probably 0%. So I think he is in killer mode because he recognized what he did last season was so outrageously good, and he's got to find a way to, to, to duplicate it. So he's got those killer eyes right now, and it's a beauty to watch. Oh, I'll, I'll at least say this, and this comes from many, many, many years ago. I actually used to be an athlete, yeah, long time ago, but I, I used to be a, a, a baller. You want to play the best guy in the court. You want to get out there. You kid yourself. You talk yourself into, I can go by this guy. I can go over this guy. I can go around this guy. And then you go out there and you don't. But you you, you take the challenge. And that's what I think other general managers, they see Howie on the phone and go, all right, I'll be the guy who gets the better of Howie Roseman in the trade. Well, well, but, well, but you try. You well, take the call. You think you're the one before you actually pull the trigger on a deal. What if you're Jalen Rager, though? That's like Jalen Rager lining up against Darius Lego, and I'm going to beat this guy. Yeah. You realize that? <laughs> you want the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you might not get it done, but you do want the challenge. Yeah, I, you can Hunter, think it. Uh, <laughs> Hunter, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles have become the University of Georgia North, and if you're going to tap into any one particular team, going to two-time defending national champion is probably a pretty good way to go about it. Uh, and it has uh, worked at least year one uh, with the players Eagles got. Uh, we know we didn't get much of a chance to see uh, the, the two guys they took, but uh, they'll hopefully both be on the field. Here's the question that I have. And again, we're, we're nitpicking. We're trying to find 
uh, questionable areas of what the Eagles done because it looks like all Grand Slam home runs. Can they have too many Georgia players? Is there a chance that it becomes a click in the locker room, that it's all the Georgia guys and everybody else? I don't have a lot of fear with that this year with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey, Super Bowl winning players who can flash a ring and uh, tell these young Georgia studs, listen, they get in line here. You haven't done anything in the NFL yet. But at some point, these veterans are going to leave the team. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be the Georgia locker room. And uh, I think there's some of them that are tremendously uh, work hard, ethic young men. And then you have a couple of guys that have to prove themselves in the league. Can this at some point come back and become something the Eagles have to work hard just to keep in line because they've dedicated so much to one university coming in? and one group of buddies slash friends slash pals slash teammates somewhere else? I don't think so, because when you look at this room now, someone like N'Kobe Dean last year sat on the sidelines and soaked it in like a sponge. And if we're talking about these guys down the road, when maybe Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey, if he ever retires, is no longer here, I, I, I have too much confidence in Nolan Smith and N'Kobe Dean and and those players to realize like that's not what you do. I've seen what winning culture is like here. I watched on the sidelines when we were in the Super Bowl with TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, and I just saw what it was like to reach that goal and how it needs to be. And, and even same with Nick Sirianni, right? I'm sure you all saw the clip of him speaking with Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter saying, we're going to have fun. It's going to be good here. We're going to have laughs. We're going to show relationships, but you know, it's going to be commanding and all. And, and I think that that's going to stay true. So no, I don't really have any fear of those guys becoming one click and leaving anybody else out because I don't know is that I don't feel like that's what they will be taught by what's in the room now and that's what they're all going to know the moment they step into an NFL locker room is this so you're going to carry this on with you for your NFL career that's how I think it will go at least I don't have any fear no yeah and by the way if you saw the introductory uh calls with Nolan Smith and Kalei Ringo hard not to be impressed with those guys i mean yeah. very hard not to be impressed with those guys and you go back to Nicobe as well last year same type of circumstance you know it was funny how he told a funny story where he's asking like who scouts georgia and the, and he's mentioning bill by and alan wolking and he's like you know but I was, and he mentioned he was down at Georgia, and Nick Sirianni asked him, Who, Who'd you like on defense? And he said, Everybody. It's like, those guys are good scouts, but not because of Georgia. Like, how do you not see these players? They're all good. And, and, and now I want to go back to Carter because obviously he's the most uh, controversial because of the off the field issues. But again, I, I brought up at the beginning of the show, Hunter, he's not John Dillinger. He's an immature kid. He's not Robin Banks. He's not doing all this horrible stuff. I, it, and I, Peter King wrote in his column, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. So I, I did think, you know, there's a lot of GMs that can't do it. They can't draft Jalen Carter because if it goes wrong, they're going to lose their job. Howie is like, man, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm going to be here. He does have that luxury. So if I look behind the curtain, I say one thing that Howie has a big advantage, that's Jeffrey Lurie. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, I think it's absolutely fair to say. And another thing, too, is, you know, we all got upset as a fan base. Not that the fan base takes the, uh, you know, is the the end-all, be-all here. But when you miss on a Jalen Rager and a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, someone who plays in a Pac-12 or whatever the case is, it's easy to criticize the GM. If someone like Jalen Carter or Jordan Davis or N'Kobe Dean or Nolan Smith end up not panning out, it's hard to fault going to Georgia and landing someone with that type of talent. Maybe there's other variables and other things on why it didn't work, but it's, in my eyes at least, it deserves less criticism, even though there was research to be done on Jalen Carter. It depends. It's case-by-case study, but I'm just talking about more on the on the field product. If it doesn't work, it's like, well, I mean, I, I got someone who was the best at their job in college football. What more can you ask from your general manager at that point? So, yeah, but I think it's fair that the relationship between Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are so strong that he has more wiggle room and a longer leash than others, and they also have a locker room, going back to what – Jody was saying earlier, this room is so mature and so professional that, you know, if you have a lot of young guys in your locker room, I don't know if you have the luxury of being able to take that chance of molding someone like Jalen Carter after some poor decision. So that's how I look at it. He does have a lot more than just his relationship with Lori, but what he's built over the years in that room helps him out too. So he's got a lot going for him with the pick of Carter, but that was my first choice. What I wanted was go up around seven, eight, nine. Go get your DT to replenish what Javon Hargrave was. The best of your ability, of course. And the Eagles got it done at nine without having to give up a whole hell of a lot uh, just to secure the pick. They probably could have got him at 10, but Howie didn't want to risk it. And I got no problems what he gave up to get there to get Carter. And, John, you know, I got basically a man crush on Peter King. He's uh, the best football writer in the country. Only guy I read before I read McMullen. Um That's right. Peter... Would you say, are you, was he suggesting that the young man should never play in the National Football League? Never get a chance? Nope. You got to draw a line somewhere. Here's where I would take him. The value is just too great. You can't bypass it. Here's where I wouldn't. So maybe more than nine for Peter. I don't just please let me know where that line is where you go. I can't pass on him now. And, yeah, even, and though you should... issues, even though I know he might have problems, he's just too good a player. I got no problems with the Eagles at nine. Uh, I, I, no, I, well, I have no problem at all. Now, you, you know, and I encourage both you guys to go read it and, and see your spin. Here's my spin, and I'll get your thoughts, uh, Hunter, first, uh, is that, um, you know, he nobody's more plugged in than Peter. He talks to, if not every general manager, the vast majority of general managers. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what I was just talking about. So he's dealing with a bunch of cautious guys, scared of their freaking shadow. I can't take that chance. And he was very conservative, very cautious. How do you take that chance? And he gave Howie credit for his testicular fortitude. I, I, you know, he used a different phrase, but I use that. I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) Um, and, and that's why I brought up the point to you, Hunter, about Jeffrey Lurie giving him the longer leash, which I think he's he does. So Peter's seen the eyes through all the general managers, and most of them are like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know if I could take that chance. That's that's how I took it. How Very conservative. Exactly. Yeah, and I guess I feel when I'm looking at a GM, we could look at the Sixers, right? Like Daryl Morey is an example of someone who is going to put everything on the table and say, I'm doing everything to go win a championship. Uh, you know, there's a lot of GMs out there that are more looking at their job instead of saying, I'm going to do everything I can to go win. And then that scares them to make certain moves. 
And I guess it all depends on, you know, who you are as a person. But as a GM, I would think if I was in that chair, it's all about doing everything in my power and going all in compared to just making some moves and being conservative to make sure I don't get canned. But not everybody feels that way, of course. I, uh, the Eagles did what they did at nine, taking Jalen Carter. Some people, you're truly included, thought there was a good chance we're going to take Paris Johnson if they had stayed at 10. Johnson was off the board before that, so they would never had a chance at Paris Johnson. But they did take an offensive lineman. They did take one in the third round, which is a little bit later. Thank you to the Arizona Cardinals for giving the Eagles that high third round pick for tampering with Jonathan Gannon. Tyler Steen, Alabama. How dare they draft someone not from Georgia in the SEC? There could be some infighting in that locker room. Uh, do you think Steen has the chance to compete for the right guard spot right off the bat this year coming into camp? I think so, right? I mean, we talk about the size of Cam Jurgens, and also maybe that gives him a, a little bit more of a battle, Tyler Steen, that is, with Cam Jurgens. But Cam Jurgens was here last year. So, you know, the, he has that advantage side to it. But, yeah, you know, Jeff Stoutland's going to get his hands on Tyler Steen. They're going to work with him. I know he played tackle and had a, a, a very long college career playing at Vanderbilt before going to Alabama. So an experienced guy in the college game, that speaks volume to me when it comes to, you know, just being more mature as a professional, playing as much as he did in college. And, and I think he has every chance to. That's your one hole. And that's what I liked about round three and day two from Howie Rosen was he went with two positions that in theory have a chance to go out there and battle and see what they can do, whether it's at safety or at right guard. So I love it. It's a healthy competition between two guys. And how am I going to knock any sort of offensive lineman from someone who blocked Bryce Young, the number one overall pick this season? And, you know, Jeff Stoutland's a masterful worker. He's, he's going to put his fingerprints all over this thing, and I'm sure he's going to be solid. So I'm a big fan of what they did there in, in day two, and I'm excited to see those two competitions. Yeah, another thing, you know, what impressed me most about day two with the Eagles is, you know, we're all thinking, all right, they need, you know, potentially, a, 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 as you mentioned, a right guard to replace Isaac Samalo. You know, Cam Jurgens a little undersized. He at least wants some competition. And we're all thinking about guys. Tyler Steen had never played a minute of guard in his entire college career. So, you know, a lot of people didn't look at him. And but the Eagles projected him. They saw him at the senior bowl. They're one of the teams, hey, let's see if this guy can play right guard. They moved him inside. Uh, and all the scouts got to see him. And they projected it. Um, same thing with Sidney Brown. Eagles won a post safety. He was a box safety in college. So I looked at it and said, well, he was a box safety. I didn't even consider Sidney Brown. But no. At the Senior Bowl, they they made him play, you know, two high, single high, see if he could do it. They projected him. They said, no, he can do it. He's an athlete. Just because he didn't do it in college doesn't mean he can't do it. I like that. I like that outside-the-box thinking. So a lot of people crossed these players off and said, well, they don't need that. They don't need a box safety. They think he can play post safety. And if there's one draft pick – besides Jalen Carter, who I'm going to tell you is going to start for this team next year, it's Sidney Brown. It's tough not to be impressed by this organization. And I try every single day, Hunter. It's tough. All right, well, then I'll try. I'll second guess. Um, a couple of snaps at the Senior Bowl is not a lot to make a projection on. 
uh, and doing it in practice. Well, you're not just game. doing it in the senior bowl, but it, it, it just gives you an example. Like they think these players have this skill set, you know, well, it's an educated guess, but that's all that it is a guess. Well, of course that's, you know, happened. It, it, it may not work, but I mean, when people are projecting players to the Eagles, they're like, Oh, let's cross off the, and I'm in this category. I'm not the only, let's cross off the box safety. I don't want a box safety. Well, maybe the box safety played box safety because he's really good. They played him, you know, college football has all these hero positions, rover positions, and they just put their best player and they throw them all over the place and say, go make plays. And you can project him at a different position to do different things at, at, at the pro level. I don't think everybody does that. I think it's another example of what the Eagles do well. Right. And, and I'll add to that. What if a big part of this is we have Reed Blankenship, we have Edmonds. And I like Edmonds. I mean, you played for Mike Tomlin for a handful of years. Now you could talk about, well, how come he had the one-year contracts towards the end if he was that great of a player? Okay, look, it is what it is. But I think if you're playing for Mike Tomlin that long, there's something to your game. If you're if you're looking at what's on your roster now at that position, I know they made what well, Evans is another signing they made and also – we, we have a shot here to go grab someone because of what's on our roster now. I'm sure that played a role in it, too. All right, uh, Hunter, I want to get your take on the quarterback that the Eagles took. And, man, that came out of left field. I thought uh, after Dorian Thompson-Robinson came off the board, I said, well, they're not, they're not taking a development quarterback this year. And shame on me because I didn't go far enough in the Eagles think outside the box. Tanner McKee from Stanford was a quarterback who I really liked before the year started. I told this story uh, over the weekend. Um, I had my producer reach out to four quarterbacks, to universities where four quarterbacks played back in July to get them on my show before the college football season started. Um, uh, C.J. Uh, Stroud, Ohio State, said uh, he's too busy, can't get squeeze him in, but couldn't get him. Alabama completely blew us off. Never even returned our queries to see if we could get. We're uh, Alabama. We yeah, don't we're Alabama. Who's this McDonald guy? Didn't even get a <laughs> return call or email. Um, we tried to get uh, Jay Kaner on from Fresno State because I loved the kid from the year before. And they made an effort. We just could never get a time to match up and get the kid on the air. And Stanford got back to us and I got Tanner McKee on my show. I really like the guy coming into the year. He's got a legit NFL arm. They were a bad football team this year. He got crushed. Their offensive line was one of the worst in the Pac-12. He didn't put up great stats, but he still, I, I watch tape on the kid, and I think he's a player. But he's basically the exact opposite of Jalen Hurts. He's a stay-in-the-pocket, stay-at-home, just throw-the-football type guy which Jalen Hurts, of course, is not an Eagles offense, is based on Jalen's talents and skill sets. Were you surprised the Eagles took a pure pocket passer as their developmental quarterback in the draft? Yes, absolutely. It was a bit of a head-scratcher for me, but, you know, after everything you do, you're allowed to have one of these without much question because everything else was, else was so solid and so magnificent. But, yeah, I mean, you would think because of the 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 move to get Marcus Mariota, there's this vision on if we are going to have to use someone else for whatever reason in a game, we want it to be a certain style so it could be a plug-and-play situation with their mm -hmm. offense. And then here comes this big dude who's just got a cannon of an arm. It's just one big project is all it comes down to for me is this is 
Okay, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, and our mindset is to go win a Super Bowl. And then off to the side is our Stanford quarterback that we're going to have fun with just to toy around yeah. and see what we can do. That, that's basically how I see I feel it's its own little identity. It's its own side project. You know, you're, you're a construction guy. You got your main job, but then you flip houses to the side. This is the, the Eagles flipping <laughs> houses to the side, probably. A little side gig on a Saturday yeah. morning. I'll tell you, it didn't surprise me at all, guys, because, uh, you know, Philip Rivers, you know, Nick Sirianni loves him, loves Philip Rivers. I mean, can't get enough of Philip Rivers, brings him up every, you know, it, it, it just has so much respect for him. He's more comfortable with a quarterback like Tanner McKee than he is. He had to learn to use a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. Um, he's always said, you know, I don't need uh, a quarter, my backup quarterback to, to have the same uh, sort of skill set as the starting quarterback. Now, it just happened to work out that way with Marcus Mariota. Now, but their, their like of Marcus as a backup has more to do with the experience than the fact that he plays the same way. Because if you play the same way as Jalen Hurst, but you play it crappily it doesn't really matter so you know and and even when you go back to Gardner Minshew when he had to play the Eagles coaches have got a little juice those weeks because they're like all right we got to do some different things it kind of gave him a, a little burst of energy um yeah I don't think he has any problem but in fact he's more comfortable with the tr- traditional 11 personnel get get the football out do all that kind of Philip Rivers crap he had to learn how to use Jalen Hurts, and to their credit, they've done a brilliant job. But I think that I think he's very comfortable toggling back and forth. Now, I don't know if Tanner McKee's going to be anything, but I think they're very, very comfortable. But just remember last year, Carson Strong was that guy that they brought in as an undrafted free agent. How's he doing? He was a pocket quarterback. Well, he too. was hurt too. I mean, and, ah, and Carson, he, he he had a he had a bad shoulder. He he had this reputation of having this big arm, and he just it wasn't there. Um, I don't know. He was in the XFL or USFL, but quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Developmental. Well, I didn't I didn't yeah. even know that. I, I think I think I think I have to double check. But before last one for me, Broads and at Broads eighty one, the best show ever, ninety seven five NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, running back, baby, we got to talk about it. all these knucklehead Bijan people. Where are they? Where are they? Where were they? Now everyone said to me, Broads, McMullen hates Bijan Robinson. No matter how many times I said, well, he's one of the few really blue chip prospects in the draft great player i just said eagles aren't taking a period end of sentence now i'm sure you still have uh people holding out hope well I, atlanta took them they didn't have a chance they weren't taking them period they would have taken advantage of someone if he fell to 10 and somebody wanted to come up and and give a king's ransom to the eagles how he would have taken advantage of it they weren't taking Bijan Robinson. But all of a sudden, everybody's happy because they get DeAndre Swift, St. Joe's prep guy, Philly guy, another Georgia guy, under $2 million, very talented. Who's right? 
Atlanta or the Eagles? How do you build a running back room? Yeah, Howie Roseman's correct. I was on the <laughs> same page as you. I didn't want Bijan. It's not that I didn't like the player. He's going to be on red zone making highlight plays. Oh, yeah. Gonna, it, but that's not the point. It's you yeah. have to prioritize your assets. And look at the two teams that took the running back. It was the Detroit Lions who had a very head-scratching day oh, on. My, and my. the Atlanta Falcons who don't even have a quarterback. So this is just a mess when you start taking those. <clears throat> this. Howie's going to get a comp pick. He gave up a pick that's two years down the road for Swift. He's going to get that back with the snap of his fingers. This is how you do it. And then it, it's just amazing. You look at the, how much money the room is making as a whole between Penny and Swift and Scott and Gainwell. And then look at the cap. I mean, the guy's a magician to have that much talent for that level of of cash. It's amazing. This is how you're supposed to do it. This is how you maximize your assets. And one thing we were talking about the offense prior to this question. One thing I always thought about last season was Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni. I wonder how much more they wanted to incorporate in the passing game with their backs, but Miles Sanders maybe limited them a little bit. I'm sure Brian Johnson is thrilled to think about the possibility of what they can do with another weapon in the passing game with Swift. Granted, they have to stay healthy. I think Penny with the ball in his hand traditionally is amazing too, but he just needs to stay healthy. Yeah. And yes, these are yeah. legitimate concerns because the track record is the track record. But from a scheme standpoint, I got to imagine Brian Johnson is just stoked thinking about what more, another layer. This offense was amazing last season. You can add another layer in the passing game with Devontae and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard if you have Swift out there. So they did it the right way. This is the way good organizations run. Uh, you, you don't draft a running back with a top 10 pick. That's a joke. It's a joke. Well, I actually think he's going to be a really good player. And I know both of you have said this. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. Just not for the Eagles at 10. And I get that. Yeah. But uh, he's going to be really good. So uh, You're, you were, I assume you were, point, you were a Bijan guy. I was okay with it. The, I, I thought that those well, who said. Knew they weren't taking him, Jody. You knew excuse it. Me? You, you knew they weren't taking him. Right. You said but, you wouldn't but mind. Here's, here's where I disagreed with those who were, quote unquote, anti-Bijan. You can't take a running back with the 10th pick in the draft. I disagree. <laughs> I think you can. I didn't think the Eagles were going to do it. The Eagles have shown their valuation of the running back position. So if we're talking about will the Eagles do it at 10, the answer is no. If you're talking about can any team in the National Football League take them at 10, all right, Atlanta took them eight, which is a little higher than 10, and you starting to get into its own where I might say, yeah, no, I can't do that. But I, I didn't like the fact that people just said, you can't take a running back in the top 10. Yeah, you can. If you have that need, if that's the type of offense you're going to run, if you don't have a plus one system like Philadelphia does with Jalen Hurts and his running back, his ability to run the football has to be factored into the decision. I thought there were two different conversations. Can he be picked in the top 10 and will the Eagles take him in the top 10? Two different answers for me. So that's that's the only difference I would make uh, for people who were debating the whole Bijan thing. I, I got my last question for you, Honor. Okay. Other than they were both defensive coordinators, or at one point were the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, one presently, one just recently. What else do Jonathan Gannon and Sean Desai have in common? We're going to see something very similar to Vic Fangio. 
now yeah. that's true very oh, good that, it, it's fangio true and true was and will be going forward now here's what i'm referring to neither one available to the media this weekend they're both in a very important position for their new team oh by the way eagles added four defensive players with their first five picks in the draft and we're all wondering how they're going to be incorporated in the new defense for the philadelphia eagles Sean Desai, nowhere to be found, nowhere to be available to actually maybe fill in some of the blanks as to what the Eagles are going to do on defense this year, which shame on the Eagles for that. But, oh, my God, shame on Jonathan Gannon. How the hell do you not address the media once from the time the draft starts? Now, I know he did last week, and he went off on the tangent of the entire Philadelphia media wanted to see him fired. Come on, Jonathan, let's be honest here. Uh, but then he goes completely ghost the last uh, three days of the draft. How can you get away with something like that when you are the head coach of a National Football League team? Uh, I'm sure they're crazy out in Arizona, but uh, do we have right to be uh, a little perturbed here in Philadelphia that we haven't heard and or met the new defensive coordinator of the Eagles yet? I'm not that worried about the not hearing from him. I don't know. When when you made selections in the past, would Jim Schwartz step up to the media and no, talk about some no. of these additions? Right. So the, the, the draft is not the problem with yeah. the defensive coordinator. The fact that he's been here for so long and him with that's the problem. We should have yeah. talked to him before the draft. Defensive coordinators never talk during the draft. Head coaches do. I don't know what the hell Arizona's doing. I don't know if they're trying to shut him up because he can't stay on message. They got to lock him down. I don't know what. You know, Monty Ozenport's the guy who made the mistake. Again, young general manager. Um, I don't know what's going on there. I think you nailed I've it. never heard of a head coach not talking at draft time, ever. I, anyway. I think you nailed it. I think John Jonathan Gannon has been so bad over the last couple of weeks or a month or whatever it's been that they're like, hey, we got to hold this thing back because he's getting ripped and all that stuff. Yeah, he was a joke. I mean, look, his numbers were his numbers with this defense. It was hard to criticize him throughout the season because they were doing so well and the sacks production was amazing. But there was just something that rubbed me the wrong way about him the whole time. And it wasn't just the you need to blitz more thing. You could just smell a fraud. And I smelled that fraud. This guy is a fraud. And he steps up there and calls out the media. And then he tells us, that he, he didn't. He was surprised when Howie spoke to him and said that he's going to be having a conversation with Arizona for a head coaching job when he knew he already had a conversation with them. There's something off with it. I texted and, Jody on Saturday from the Super Bowl. He was getting the Arizona job. Yeah. Uh, Jody can tell you that. Every, oh, yeah. Everybody knew he was. And getting John, the let job. me ask you this: Wasn't there a, a a person he picked off Sirianni's staff in a very a disappointing way that Sirianni was a little upset uh, with Nick how he Rollis, took Nick Rollis, yeah. Um, there was sort of... Uh, like an unwritten you know, those, rule, maybe? Yeah, on, on, unwritten yeah. rule. But those two were very close. They were they, they, they were going to they were gonna lose. So that's one. You know, look, everybody knows I like Jonathan Gannon. Here's, here's the thing with Jonathan Gannon. He's, he's very ambitious. Very ambitious. He's a climber. He was always... The moment he stepped in the door, he was looking for the next step. And how he knew it. He said it numerous times. We're renting the guy. Renting him. We're yeah. renting the guy. Oh, on record. Um, and he's very well thought of around the league, or at least he was. Now, he makes some dumb statements. Like when he's <laughs> speaking extemporaneously, 
he 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 goes off message. You go back here when he said, remember when he said how he was involved in game planning? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a bad mistake. When he talks off the cuff, he makes too many mistakes. He's got to lock that stuff down. But I will say this. Look, the NFL's rules are stupid, right? If Monty Osenfort didn't get the job when he got the job as the GM, he would have talked to Gannon earlier, and he would have been able to talk to him after the NFC Championship game. But you can't have first interviews after after the NFC Championship game. It's sort of a stupid rule. This assumption that everybody needs a scapegoat and Jonathan, and I even heard from somebody who I respect a lot, saying, "Oh, that's why they brought Vic Fangio in because Jonathan Gannon wasn't doing his job. Vic Fangio wasn't even helping the defense, you morons. He was helping the offense. I it, 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 look." This happens all the time in the NFL when guys get head coaching jobs. Happened with Kevin O'Connell with, with the Rams as an offensive coordinator. He had the job. He knew he had the job. It, 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 players didn't make freaking plays. Players didn't make plays. If it makes everybody feel better to blame it on Jonathan Gannon, blame it on Jonathan Gannon. Nobody made a stake in play back in Super Bowl 52. Brandon Graham made a play. The defense was actually worse in 52 than 57, but they made that one play. They didn't make that one play. That's Jody, what it comes I, I down. saw you shaking your head. I'm on your side with this, but we're running and, out of time. You got, you got two uh, walk-in touchdowns. That's communication. That's partially on Gannon's play. I'm not giving him the pass in the Super Bowl that John is. I like the guy too. I like I'm him better than him you do. I've never once called him a fraud like you just did. Uh, but uh, I, 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 will. I do that. I, yeah, you call him a fraud. Um, <laughs> here's my last question for you, uh, Hunter, uh, and thank you for staying a little extra. Sure. I've pointed out a couple of potential, not guaranteed, but potential questions that could arise from this weekend and the like and i see on the stream i've been called both senile and negadelphia because i play devil's advocate and just what who's gonna play special teams if they've got five running backs how dare you suggest anything not be perfect about this team well i'm playing devil's advocate all right i'm trying to get a little balance to the show we could sit here for two hours ago Howie Roseman is the greatest general manager in the yeah. history of the National Football League. It get pretty friggin' boring pretty fast. By Who the I way, I got shot on when I said Howie was the best GM in football three years ago. I think things change over yeah. time and, and people flip-flop. Who on your show today will play the devil's advocate role that will actually dare to point out that while overall it's going to be four for four because it's three for three right here right now, Yes, the Eagles did great. The Eagles had a great weekend. The Eagles are the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl again. Do we need to preface it with that every single segment? Okay, maybe we do. Uh, but it, it, they're not going 20-0 and 0 next year, okay? If they do, oh, my God, will I take crap for this. I'm going to go out on a record on a level right now and tell you, and the 0. Eagles will not go 20-0. and 0. So they're going to lose the game. So, yes, I'm Mr. Negadelphia again. Who's going to be the individual who will today say, yeah, but on your show, best show ever. Man, I don't know because it's so hard considering it all went Not really easy. Long. Not I, easy I being maybe, me. Well, see, me and Ty are probably going to be all giddy and all excited, and so is Jen. I think with a, the sleeper pick, if you will, would be Ricky Bell. 
Ricky will try and turn it because we're going to be so pumped and so yeah. excited. Like, well, hold on a second. What if? And then he'll give us some scenario that we'll look at him and shake our head and give him one of those. So yeah. I'll, I'll say, I'll say Ricky Bo. Yeah. If, if the Phillies had swept the Astros, it definitely would have been Ricky. Yeah, he's going to walk in and go, wait Astros, not Eagles. Yeah, he's going to walk in and go, we're not talking about the Astros series today? Yeah. A uh, hundred great stuff. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on board. Always fun. Catch him on uh, 97.5. Sorry for ranting. Kept you late. No. Sorry, Hunter. That's all good stuff. We love it. All right, Always good uh, getting you on, Hunter. Thanks, bud. Hunter Brooks, got it. Uh, best show ever on NBC Sports Philly and 97.5. The Fanatic. All right, Johnny Mac, Jordy Mac, coming back. We'll continue to talk about the last three days of Eagledom. And that's D-O-M, not D-U-M-B. I'm not taking a shot at the Philadelphia Eagles. No, we're, we're here to give them props for what they've done the last couple of days. Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes from now. So keep it here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
buy rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Hour number two on the Monday after draft weekend, where the Eagles got a lot of talent to add to their roster. Great job done by Howie Roseman, but I would not say perfect job done by Howie Roseman. And for one, how dare you, Jody? Perfect, perfect. Paul Paul Mancini, uh, be careful, my friend, because if you question the Eagles in any way, shape, or form, you're going to get your wrist slapped, as I have on the stream a little bit here today. Uh, He did mention, Paul, that the Eagles did not address wide receiver three and or linebacker. They didn't in the draft. They did in the signing of the undrafted free agents. uh, And I did look up where these guys were ranked on my pal Rick Zaratella's uh, rankings for all the uh, potential draftees and or uh, undrafted free agents. We talked about the Ben Van Summeren kid from Michigan State who you said, tremendous freakish athlete who still has things to learn about being a linebacker. Uh, can he actually play for the Eagles from the line of scrimmage this year? Don't know. Could he make the team as a special team-specific guy who's just a killer on coverage? Maybe. But they did not add in uh, either the draft end or in a guy, if you don't believe this kid can play, somebody's got to play linebacker. You mentioned this earlier, John, and shame on you. What happens if there are injuries at the linebacker position? Oh, they're screwed. They, they do not have depth. I, I think I asked you this about two weeks ago. Can Sean Bradley actually play this year? A couple of Well, he might have had... to. I mean, right now, if you look at, you know, the backup to Nicobe Dean would probably be Christian Ellis and the, and the backup to Nicholas Morrow would be Sean Bradley, the top backup. So, um, you know, who knows, maybe Davion Taylor can get back in the mix as well. But right now, if you're doing a depth chart, uh, Christian Ellis uh, and Sean Bradley are your top backups, and they're sprained ankle away from getting on the field. You know, Hunter mentioned, and by the way, Howie Roseman mentioned, the health of this team last year. Probably not going to be able to duplicate that, just law of averages. Um Linebacker was one of those positions. They TJ and Kaiser were healthy the entire season. They played over 2,000, I think it was 2,100 snaps between the two of them. N'Kobe Dean, I think the number was 35, 36, somewhere in and that. And he thing. made plays during those 35 yeah, or 36 he snaps. He did. He had, he had that one game where he played a little bit at the end. It was a blowout. It didn't mean... But he was very instinctual, and I I talked to him after that game, and I, he thought he was he thought he wasn't. I said that's a good sign, because he was just beelining to the football, no false steps, no anything. That's what I look for at linebackers. The minute you take a false step, 
good. Doesn't matter how athletic you are. Uh, and he was just making really good decisions. So I have a lot of optimism when it comes to N'Kobe Dean. Um, you know, Christian Ellis got a few snaps here and there late in the season when they were blowing teams out. Those guys were on the field all the time for 20 games. TJ Edwards, Kaiser White. Same thing with the outside corners for the most part. Slay got banged up a little bit in game a couple times. Bradbury was healthy the whole season. They both played all 20 games. Um, the best majority of snaps. Now, but they batted significant depth at corner. Corner, yeah. Um, so, you know, they look really good at corner. Safety and, and linebacker safety they added, uh, and I think a projected starter. And we'll see, you know, obviously Sidney Brown's got to come in and have a good camp, but he's got a chance. At least they've added. Um, linebacker, done nothing. I expect him to add something along the way. That's look at post-June 1st cuts, um, maybe a trade and training camp. Last year with CJ, um, they got to add something, I would think, at linebacker. They really we, – we've done so much debating about Bijan and the running backs. And, but they did go out and get DeAndre Swift, and they upgraded the running back room. And I thought Howie Roseman made a steal of a deal by picking Detroit's pocket. They just don't care about linebacker. They really don't care about linebacker. And again, and uh, we just brought this up uh, last segment. Sean decided, uh, can, can we actually uh, find out if he is a resident of the Delaware Valley? <laughs> we don't know um, that for sure yet because he's never been formally introduced. No. Uh, you know, yet. the Eagles, you know, have basically used this because, you know, we're so evil the Philadelphia media would call for people's jobs and some people do, but it's usually not the beat reporters. Um, you know, some people on talk radio, though, you know, you've been on talk, talk radio for years. It's a different medium. Um, and that's where Jonathan Gannon got in trouble. He's conflating the two. Uh, nobody asked him that he, nobody told him he should be fired at a press conference. Um, Anyway, but but going past that, when you you know the Eagles had the long season, obviously they're in the Super Bowl. They had the late hires because you know they lost both coordinators. They were really late getting their staff together, so they used all this as excuses. Uh, well, we're going to wait till we get the staff together. Then when they got the staff together, finally they're like, oh, we're in draft mode. We'll wait till after the draft. You know, it's bull, you know what, but uh, ultimately they're taking advantage of the situation. He'll have to talk. He'll talk, you know, at the beginning of OTAs um, would be my assumption. Can't hide him forever, Eagles. I mean, same with Brian Johnson. Now, we've talked to Brian in the past. Right. Very that, little. That's, um, that's the difference for me, at least – People know who Brian Johnson is because he has been part of the staff. You see him practice. They know Brian. He's just as much under the microscope once the season starts because he's replacing a guy who not only was good, but wasn't uh, disdained here in Shane Steichen. So uh, maybe that's why we want to see uh, uh, Sean Desai even more. 
but uh, at least we know who he is. I, they went to the Eagle War Room shot, which do you believe? I don't know. You're down there, so uh, I don't know if you're watching as intently. Did you see the shots of the Eagle War Room when? Uh, the- just, just bleeding moments. I wasn't paying that close attention to it. Uh, I know it was crowded. <laughs> it was a crowded. B. It looked like they all had assigned positions that nobody moved every time they went back there. It was the same exact shot. I'm wondering, hey, did they just loop this B-roll yeah. and they're playing it again? Because it looked like the same exact shot again. And oh, by the way, a little bit of a sausage fest. I uh, didn't see any women in any of those shots. Now, I know Catherine Grace used to be with the Eagles. They might not have any women in any of the decision-making positions. Uh, but it was just 30 guys in a couple of rows, same exact shot every single time. And I'm looking for Sean Desai. I'm going, I don't, I can't recognize him. I don't know what he would look like to begin with anyway. Uh, hold on. Let me get to the website and see what this guy looks like. I didn't even see him in the draft room shots. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, JG used to be in the draft room. I'm sure he was in there. Um, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the guy was the defensive coordinator in Chicago. He could handle a stinking press conference. Uh, and if he can't, uh, you know, you, you, you'll have some of the issues like Gannett's having in Arizona and you, you either learn on the job or, you know, you get a lot of criticism. I mean, it's Philadelphia. The season's coming. He's going to have to do a press conference every single week. I would think you'd want to get some of the startup costs, as we always say, out of the way. Remember Nick Sirianni when he got hired? Remember the butt? He was the butt of people's jokes. Now he's as comfortable like a second skin up there. You know, get it over with. Get it over with. Let him learn from it. Don't get Um, it. And it doesn't make any sense. I will say, hey, uh, there were people who were ready to run Nick Sirianni out of town. First ever press conference. Cut the guy some slack. And now two years later, uh, I think those that said, out, out, run him out of town. Jonathan Gannon goofing about that, that Philadelphia media want to run him out of town. Oh, no, there were actually people that did want to run Nick Sirianni out of town after his first press conference, much more so than ever Jonathan Gannon. So shame on Jonathan Gannon. All right, the other point of uh, Paul Mancini's uh, streaming point was the Eagles didn't address wide receiver three. They did sign a couple of wide receivers as undrafted free agents. Is that really addressing wide receiver three? I guess you could make that argument that Joseph Nagata from Clemson and Jaden Hazelwood from Arkansas could jump up and be that good and not only make the team but get into wide receiver three territory. I looked up my guy Saratella's ranking. Nagata was his 31st wide receiver. 30 wide receivers in this draft that we had rated ahead of him. And Hazelwood was the 45th out of Arkansas wide receiver. Just because they don't have a lot of depth at that position either, John. And I would say my guy Greg Ward should be here again next year. But at some point, we've got to move on from Greg Ward, right? Uh, And maybe one of these two young guys is it. You said you would not be surprised if the Eagles made another move at linebacker between now and and the first game of the season via trade, via somebody getting cut uh, during camps and the like. They got another wide receiver move in them? 
Uh, you never say never, but I think they're a little bit more comfortable at wide receiver because they did bring in Alameda, um, who's got, you know, extensive playing time in Atlanta, um, is a natural slot receiver. Um, so they have a little bit more cushion um, at receiver. But, yeah, they're always looking to be better. I think they they do hope that's not – blowing smoke up your you know what they do hope that Quez Watkins has a little bit bounce back season they're hopeful of that um they like him better than most of us like him as a player um and I think there's some hope that you know he acknowledged he had a bad season he'll he'll rebound recover and get back going in the right direction but I mean if somebody pries loose and yeah I mean they're not you know, it's one of those things. We talked about all those draft-proof players or, you know, whatever you want to call them. Zacchaeus was one of them, um, the last of them. Um, it doesn't preclude you from doing anything. If you get somebody better, you get somebody better. And, you know, you can move on pretty quickly. Um, but at least it's it's uh, uh, an insurance policy. They don't have that in all Paul linebacker. They, you know... Nicholas Morrow's the guy they signed, but he's a starter. Um, he's not. He's not an insurance plan. Yeah, right he, now. He's not the safety net. He's yeah. the starting net. Yeah. Um, so, I I think they're a little bit better off at at receiver. Not to mention the first two receivers are off the charts good. So you can kind of get by with. Just a guy as a third receiver, right? But this is where um, this is where it. How he said this weekend comes into play. Can we really stay as healthy as we did last year? And I'm looking at you, AJ Brown, and I'm looking at you, Devonta Smith. Talk about taking all the snaps. Those guys were pretty damn healthy all year long, and I don't know if you can project that it's going to be that way again this year. Uh, no, Cross no, your but... fingers. Hope it is, but. Uh, if you, you look at trends over years, you just don't have two star wide receivers stay as healthy as the Eagles did two years running. That's why I think they still need to look at upgrade the uh, wide well, receiver. They, they, look, you can always upgrade depth, but at least you have two star players. And you can't legislate. You're right. You can't legislate injuries. Uh, you can't have superstars at every position up and down the roster. Um we talked about special teams. You need guys who can play special teams. Um, if, if they, you know, that's a position where if they find somebody, yeah, they'll they'll make a move. But it's not nearly as glaring a need as off-ball linebacker. Because, again, you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are your top two. Your top two linebackers are N'Kobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow. You know, I'm call me crazy. I'm more comfortable with AJ and Devontae. I, I hear I see the lens you're looking at that through. And yes, I'm in the same exact place. And you know how much I talked up Nicobe Dean from before the draft last year to the Eagles being on a clock in the second round. And you got to take oh, get Nicobe, it's got to be Nicobe. And they pass and they take beef jerky. And then unbelievably for me, N'Kobe Dean is sitting there until the third round and Eagles snack him up. So you know how big a fan I am of N'Kobe Dean. 
man, there's a lot of pressure on this kid. Having played a handful of snaps in his rookie season, he is not only a man, he is the man for the Philadelphia Eagles at linebacker after playing, how many, 35, 40 snaps for the entire year? Yeah, yeah. He he better, he, man, there's some pressure on that young man coming into this season. I think he's up for it. I have been singing his praises since uh, he was the stud star that he was down there in Athens. But the Eagles are putting a lot on, a lot on his plate coming into his second season this year. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We've still got uh, plenty of time to rock and roll, and we will spend it with uh, Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com. He jumps aboard next here on Birds 365. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And, uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got Mac and Mac. I'm McMullen and Jerry McDonald hanging with you right here on Bird 365. We are at, we are joined by another M. 
And if he spelled Jeff with a J, it'd be three GAMs, but uh, JMs, but we like him as a GM as well. That's Jeff Mosher from inside the birds.com. All right, GM, I'm going to ask you about the Eagles, GM. Of all the home runs that Howie Roseman hit this weekend, which one was the one with the bases loaded? Which was the grand slam walk-off, best of them of all, all? How he had a lot of good moves that he's made over the past several days. Which one for you is the one that is going to bring home the most runs? Oh, that's a good question, Jody. That's a tough one. I mean, I feel like this was a really good draft for the Eagles, but I, I don't know that it was out of character. Or there, I mean, Obviously, the DeAndre Swift trade jumps out because – it's a it's a really good scenario. You bring in a very good player. He's cost controlled for this last year. He's probably going to do well behind this offensive line, and then he's going to walk like Miles Sanders did and bring back a comp pick uh, a year after. And so, to be able to put that running back room together um, at the price that it is, with the talent level that it is, I guess I have to say that's probably the best move. I, it, it's not like a, a, it doesn't remind me though of a swing for the fences home run. Just a really smart, sensible move that jibes with what he's been doing for the last few years. How he made the baseball analogy some, at some point, Jeff, he said, hey, man, stroke that double in the gap. Double, yeah. double, doubles. You're going you're gonna to keep scoring runs. I think DeAndre Swift is a solid double in the gap. Um, you know, we had all the Bijan or Bus stuff. Uh, that was which, fun. Which way is better? I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious which way is better, but everybody fell for it. Why did they fall for it? Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> probably, I think probably because th there weren't a lot of people, myself included, who really believed Jalen no. Carter was going to fall all the way down to 10. Uh, well, he actually didn't, right? So right. technically he didn't because he went to nine, but I think that once you, if you, if you took Jalen Carter out of the equation, now I'm of the belief they still wouldn't have taken B. John Robinson, even if he was available there. Um, I think it was going to be an offensive line, defensive line draft, regardless. But it was fun. It was fun because of the just the potential of it happening. You know, how he sort of put it out there that you have to always consider special traits at any position. So I think he helped stoke the, uh, the fires a little bit there. I mentioned this here on Birds 365 on Friday because we were on after the first day of the draft, haven't been on since. Um, here's where I'll give the Eagles the nod, but also have them under the microscope. They took Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter's got issues. Are they issues you can deal with? Certainly you believe that, certainly hope that. Uh, use the ninth pick in the draft. You won't have a guy who's uh, in trouble the day he shows up at your door. As great and as talented a player as he is. The Eagles did say this is our responsibility. We believe in our room. We believe in our culture. We believe in our organization. We're going to help this young man grow up. John uh, continues to point out that he's just immature. That's that. That's that's not uh, murder one. That's immaturity. But the Eagles are taking on that responsibility, and I think they have the organization in place to be able to do that. Um, if they don't, who are we going to question? GM. If they don't what see it if through. If the kid and... comes in and has got issues and he gets caught speeding down uh the, the, yeah. the one of the yeah. back roads on the other side of the Eagles uh complex down there at the Novacare right. within the first month, 
Yeah, I mean, of course you, that'll come back. You can on... point the finger at the young man, but they <clears throat> kind of have intimated that we're going to keep an eye on Will. Be, he's going to be good. Yeah, we're going to help this young man grow up. If he doesn't, <laughs> whose job? Who didn't do their job right? Well, I don't think it's anybody that didn't do that. It's they know what they're getting into, right? I mean, I think that sometimes when people listen to Howie and he talks about Dom DeSandro and um, all the information that he gets. It's not like Howie was trying to say their information was different than anybody else's, or they found really great stuff about Jalen Carter that nobody else knew. What they mean is we are really well informed. We know what kind of kid we are dealing with here. We know, as John said, what what the drawbacks are, and it's not just the fatal car accident. It's not just the pro day where he was overweight. I mean, he's had issues with other teammates. He's He's got to grow up. He's got to mature, and this is not normally – a kid they will take in the first round. Their history over the last five, six, seven years is prioritizing high character guys. But I agree with what you're saying that they they made an exception this year because a they believe that they had a really good locker room for it. Uh, b they have some interesting circumstances of having his former college teammates who like him and get along with him on the team, Jordan Davis especially, um, that he has a friendship with. So they're taking a gamble there. And see, and I, I talked about this on the podcast Thursday that came out. I truly believe that he doesn't do this pick last year, the year before, the year before that. I, I believe the amount of draft picks that the Eagles had next year enabled Howie to be aggressive this year. Aggressive in moving up. You saw him deal a few future picks, right? And then also aggressive if you take a risk and if it doesn't work out, it's not like you don't have – another three top 60 picks again next year, right? They have their first, they have their second, they have the Saints second next year, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they've got a bunch of top picks in next year's draft to be able to quote, unquote, <laughs> make up for any kind of mistake that or, or, or something that doesn't happen this year. But I, I just think that's what all led to them making this decision this year. I don't think they would have done it in years past. Um, how much does um, Howie's – longer leash effect to pick like this because there's a lot of gms that can't make this pick i i was struck by peter king's column this morning jeff i don't know if you saw it but you know he was talking very conservatively and you know peter talks to a bunch of general managers and most general managers you know if they make a mistake like that they're out the door pretty quickly not the case here how he can afford to take a chance where maybe other guys can't. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I do. I, I really do. And I think Howie comes off lately in the last few years, even probably since winning the Super Bowl, right? Or maybe since surviving the, the Doug Peterson fallout. Um, he comes off as someone to me that, that I don't want to say playing with house money, but he, he's got fewer years left probably as a GM than he's already had. I mean, he's not, He's not old, but he's been doing this for quite a while now. Um, and Jeffrey trusts him implicitly. And, you know, Julian's a big part of the front office now. I I just – how he's made a lot of money. He's won a championship. He's survived a lot of dramas. Like, what does he have to lose? If he gets fired in two years as Eagles general manager or whatever, he's still set for life. He still won a Super Bowl. He still made it to another Super Bowl. And his formula so for the last few years has been – successful in, in how to make it work, how to correctly build a roster, uh, how to draft the right way, and that, which is not to say it's been foolproof, 
Um, but in general, I think he's accomplished more than anybody ever thought when he got into the league. So I do think, and I think he presents himself that way now. Will the NFL Network hire Howie Roseman and Jason Kelsey to do a late night show after both have left the Philadelphia Eagles three years from now? It would sure be entertaining. (laughs) By the way, you know, you bring up, Jason seems to be having so much fun. I'm surprised he came back. He loves this crap. Yeah, he really does. He's doing live shows. He's, you know, he's not at, you know. He did, he's not at the start of off-season work because he's out doing live shows around the country. Did you guys um, see the shirts that the Chiefs fans were wearing at the draft? I thought they were the most brilliant shirts I've ever seen. They said It said, Jason in the streets, Travis in the sheets. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> How did I miss that one? Uh, I, that was I, sorry, sorry I didn't see that. All right. Um, let me ask you about something, John, and I were just discussing before you punched it up. Um the Eagles really, I mean, really dismissed the linebacker position. And I understand the NFL has changed and the the type of defense they played last year under Jonathan Gannon, which we believe it's going to be similar under Sean Desai now, doesn't really put an emphasis on linebackers. We saw this year, and it was emphasized in the draft with Bijan going number eight and Jameer Gibbs going number 12 at least the valuation of running back is ticked back up. It hasn't done that at linebacker, certainly not here in Philadelphia, more so across the league, but not even a lot there. Has linebacker become a completely forgotten position in the National Football League, Jeff Mosher? Uh, don't tell the Chicago Bears. <laughs> they spent, the only, they only spent a lot of money this yeah. offseason. Doubling down on investing in linebackers. Jody knows Correct. I constantly criticize Chicago. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. For bad decisions. Yeah. Well, you, you guys said it, Jody. I mean, the, the league has changed. I mean, we're a league of sub packages now and big nickels and big dimes and safeties playing that outside linebacker spot. In fact, you know, former Eagles target, uh, Jeremy Chin, right, who has had a nice career so far as a safety, it sounds like he's going to be playing more linebacker as well. And you're seeing a ton of safeties move to linebacker as the league looks for, for you know, different, more coverage options instead of stop the run options. So it doesn't surprise me. Now, could the Eagles have taken a linebacker in the third round? Sure, but then they probably wouldn't have taken Sidney Brown and we'd be having the same discussion about how they ignore safety in the first two days of the draft for years and years. So eventually... You know, you knew you were going to come out of the draft saying they're going to be a little deficient in one of these areas. There are still a decent number of names on the street for linebacker, and there's still trade opportunities like the way they got C.J. Gardner-Johnson last year. Now, I don't think Howie's going to give up a whole lot for a linebacker, but you never know. I found it interesting that the Chargers drafted the kid that a lot of people liked, uh, Dion Hensley from Washington State, yeah. right? Yeah. I think he went to the Chargers. And my first thought was, hmm, wonder if Kenneth Murray is out the door and he's the type of guy that maybe you can get for, for a low pick if he's available. So, and then he's the type of guy that the Eagles had, well, Jim Schwartz wanted uh, several years ago when the Eagles took Jalen Rager instead. So um, there'll always be somebody that the team can, can sort of try to acquire before the start of the season. I'd be shocked if they didn't, Um, but it's still not going to be some name that blows everybody away. It's just going to be someone who can hold the fort down. Yeah. Well, I get, you know, Jeff, when we, we, we do this pre-draft stuff, you try to uncover names that the Eagles have visited, the top 30 visits, the virtual mm-hmm. visits. I came up with 
45-ish or so. And obviously, that's a small list. I mean, it's much larger. But of that 45, one, one was an off-ball linebacker. was the kid from Cincinnati, Ivan Pace, I think. Yeah. We didn't even get drafted. Um, had to, uh, He signed somewhere, but I forget where. And I, you know, in my mock, Eagles mock, I picked Ivan Pace in the fifth round. I trade, got him a fifth round, but whatever. Nonsense. I said, I got to bring somebody in. Yeah. Um, but no, they don't even look. They don't even talk to these guys. I mean, I'm, I'm usually, and people know, I talk about this all the time. Detroit is my example to you, Jeff. They might have gotten two Pro Bowl players, but they made two bad decisions, you know. I don't care. And my my theory there is if you make bad decisions consistently, you're going to have a bad team, a bad organization. Hmm. If you make good team, good decisions consistently, you might miss on a player, Jalen Rager, but you're going to be good over the long haul. Um, With this off-ball linebacker, though, I, I think they've gone too far. I agree for the most part. It's not a valuable position but that doesn't mean you just can't can you completely dismiss it as we stand here today and i agree with you jeff they're gonna add somebody the kobe dean played like 36 snaps last year nicholas morrow played a lot in chicago but it's nicholas morrow mm-hmm. those are your two starting linebackers you know what's that amazing nicholas morrow got no guaranteed money no who zero. signs a contract in the nfl these days yeah. without at least like yeah Hundred thousand guaranteed, and yeah. he signed early yeah. for for getting no guaranteed money. I I agree with you, John. I think it's got to be it will be addressed. And the one thing though that I think even when they address it, it's not going to change that much. Is that the Eagles are going to be light on defense now? Yes, they have Jordan Davis, but Jordan Davis didn't play more than six snaps in a row last year. Uh, when he's not on the field for the Eagles, you know they're light with Nolan Smith, they're light with Hassan Reddick, they're light with Nicobe Dean, who might be a very good linebacker, but he's still not a big, big guy. No. He's not a downhill linebacker. No. If it's Morrow, he's light too. I mean, we did see run defense at times hurt this team. Now, I know the Eagles don't care about it enough to say it ruined their season, but, you know, Isaiah Pacheco certainly had some big runs up the middle uh, against this Eagles defense in the Super Bowl. Um, and it's, not, it's, it's clearly not an area that they felt like they had to improve this off season, they just feel like they'll have to score more points or get more sacks. Uh, so they loaded up on pass rushers and they still have a great offense, but they're just, they're not. And listen, I know the league doesn't go that way. So it's not like I'm ripping them for that, but every once in a while you have to kind of take a look at your, your process and say, all right, we're not going to be the biggest front seven or front six, but you know, maybe we need a little bit of a thumper there, even if he's just a first and second down guy. Um, just, just to give us some beef there or else teams are going to target us up the middle a lot. All right, I unfairly hold my partner's feet to the fire every once in a while, so I'll I'll do it to you instead of Johnny Mac here. On what date? And I uh, hammered him about the Jalen Hurts thing. When is this going to get done? And then, sure enough, the Eagles got it done before either John and I. And he was more optimistic than I. I was like, this is going to go all the way to training camp. Oops, wrong about that one. Uh, But I was busting John's balls about when when is this going to get done? On what date? Will the Philadelphia Eagle fans officially get the ear from Sean Desai? Because <laughs> there's paperwork that says he's the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. 
Yeah. Uh, but we haven't been able to lay our eyes on him and or actually hear anything he has to say about the Eagles defense so far. When are we going to be able to officially designate Jordan Desai with our own two eyes as the defensive coordinator of the Eagles? That's a great question. Now, unless they have a press conference for him soon, just for him, then I guess he technically wouldn't have to speak until like what the second there's that day that the assistants or the coordinators during OTA speak, right? Yeah, John? That's where I'm guessing the yeah, OTA. That, that's probably yeah. going to be it. I don't, I yeah. can't imagine they're going to call some special press conference just to, just for Sean. By this point. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't think so. Um, yeah. I, I when, said, when get, are the OTA scheduled? If you guys know it's your, uh, it's May. Uh, I don't have the dates in front of me. May. Well, I know this, the Eagles start later than anybody and then finish earlier than anybody yes. with their OTA uh, schedule. So they, they are for the second consecutive season. Um, they and the Cincinnati Bengals are the only teams with no mandatory. mandatory camp. Camp. Right. Actually three consecutive years because the COVID year, that's right. Which is where it all started. Uh, let's see, May 30th, June 1st, June 2nd, June 5th, 6th, 8th. Those are your Eagles OTA days. So somewhere in that range, uh, we'll finally, I don't know. Nice Memorial day prop bet for when yeah. uh, Sean decides. To <laughs> <laughs> um, I argue Jeff, they should have learned from Nick Sirianni opening presser. Didn't go well. Correct. Why not get the guy some sticking reps? Yeah. Know? Get reps. I'm comfortable by by training camp good point that's a good point i would think though that if you just throw them in like in the middle otas like there's just so much going on that even if it's a bad press conference it doesn't get enough you know it doesn't have a a lot of legs to it yeah potentially yeah and by the way the guy's done it before he was in chicago yeah i know it's crazy yeah it's not like he was in topeka he should be able to handle a press conference i don't know but that's me yeah. About Topeka. All right, uh, GM. I, uh, John and I kicked this around earlier, the fact that the Eagles have taken it on themselves, that they're going to uh, make sure that their number one draft pick, Jalen Carter, is maturing as he goes along. And it's going to be on the entire organization and his fellow Georgia team and the Fletcher Coxes and the uh, Brandon Grahams of the world. How much of it falls to Jalen Hurts? He is the man in that locker room now. He has been made the man by virtue of the contract that he got. The quarterback is the leader of the offense. But most people think of the entire team. Uh, If you want someone to talk about maturity, oh, the owner called him the most mature 24-year-old he's ever met in his entire life. You would think he would be the guy. But does offense cross over to defense? Is Jalen Hurts going to be a guy who can take Jalen Carter under his wing, a Jalen-Jalen connection. How much do you think the responsibility falls on him, if any, to help this young man make sure that he's uh, getting off his career in the right direction? Yeah, there's certainly some. I mean, it's, it would be weird for a quarterback to sort of take a defensive tackle, you know, throw his arm around him and say, here's how you're going to do it, you know, while you're here. And I don't, and I, and I would imagine that Jalen Carter, while he's here, starts off with a clean slate. But I think Jalen Hurts' responsibility sort of remains the same as far as just being the tone setter, the culture setter, getting to work early, all the uh, Alabama-isms and Oklahoma-isms that he's always talking about, rent's paid, got to pay the rent, rent is due, all that stuff. Keep, <laughs> keep uh, what does he always say? Keep what it is, what it is, all that stuff. 
he just has to continue to live by that. If if something pops up on his radar that's not right, he absolutely has, you know, the the clout in the locker room to say it. And um, most people, if not all people, are going to follow him if he says it. So Jalen Carter is going to have to abide by that. And, uh, you know, same thing, same thing with some of the other leaders, too. Like Jason Kelsey, I don't think it was an accident that Jason Kelsey was there to, like, talk to him and meet him during his pre-draft process, right? When he came to the Novacare, I yeah, think he said, yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty sure that that was intentional on the Eagles part to, to feel out Jalen Carter with a guy like Jason Kelsey and, and sort of get some feedback and see how they interact together as well. Um, Brandon Graham, same thing. I mean, that, that Fletcher Cox, that, that yeah, is I think ex- that's part of why this one of all Jeff. Uh, What's that? I think Fletch is going to be the biggest one of all. Cause he's the guy who's going to be with him. Yep. every day in positional meetings i think 100 percent. yeah um but you know boy that uh i think his best player in the draft just pure talent wise i i i would have had him at number one um you know paris johnson is a guy the eagles really liked i think he was at that by the way a lot of people had paris johnson in las vegas i mentioned peter king's uh they, they had paris johnson number one on their board uh wow. for where they were that's interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, they wanted three quarterbacks to go, and they had four players. Paris Johnson was number one. Arizona traded down, traded back up for Paris Johnson. Yeah, so that was, was an interesting move. Yeah, he was really high on a lot of people's boards. But if you look at, you know, we'll say day two on, who's your favorite pick? Day two on, from the Eagles. Yeah. Well, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say the Sidney Brown pick really you know stands out to me only because i've people like you know inside the birds listeners are probably bored of me just constantly (laughs) saying how badly this team needs to hit on a safety or a corner and in order to do that you actually have to take one (laughs) like in the first second or third round now we knew safety in the first round was out night you know even second round um but that was pretty close to a a second round pick where they got Sidney Brown. I'm sure yeah, they had very, him on their yeah. board. Early third. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they had him on their board as a second rounder. So that, you know, a great kid, terrific leader. They talk about the red star. I, I you know, you never know if a guy's going to pan out, but usually when you have that kind of a work ethic and you're, you're, you've got a baseline skill set that makes you a second or third round pick, you're going to translate well to the NFL. Like, you know, the Jaquan Jarrett horror from, 12 years ago, I don't think is going to be repeated here. I don't think it was a reach where they took him. I think his what they say about him and his skill set will translate well. He's not Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I know he had the six picks. He's he's a, a right place in the right time guy, smart guy, <clears throat> not not like a you know an Ed Reed type, but I still think he's going to be uh, a very serviceable safety for this team. And you know, we'll see we'll see how long it takes him to get into the starting lineup. Uh, I would think not too long based on what the Eagles have. Yeah, I, I, I already project him as a starter real quick as a follow-up to that. I was one of those guys, like, I, I'd look, Eagles need a safety. I'm looking at covered safeties, and Sydney was a box safety in Illinois, mm-hmm. and they had a covered safety, by the way, the other guy. Yeah, um, went higher. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, the Eagles said, though, you know, it's not they're not changing defense. He's going to play in the post a lot, like mm-hmm. all their safeties. And they just projected that he could do it. You know, a lot of these college players, they have star position, rover position. They're just good players and they move them around. 
I was kind of impressed, and this goes with Tyler Steen as well, who's never played one game at guard, but that's where the Eagles project him at, announced mm-hmm. him as a guard. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're ahead of the curve when it comes to, you know, looking outside and not putting projects in boxes. You think that's uh, – or you think that's not rare, uh, and a bunch of teams do that. No, I, I do. Well, some team, I do think teams will do that. I mean, based on, like, for example, Tyler Steen has what, 33 and a half inch arms? Yeah. So you're not playing tackle in the NFL unless you are just the most supreme athlete um, to be able to play tackle with 33 and a half inch arms. So I think that they, they're, they're pretty good, though, at taking guys who did play tackle who don't necessarily fit the NFL tackle archetype. You know, Jack Driscoll is a good example, too. Um, and saying we can move this guy inside and get pretty good production from that player. And if he has to move outside in a pinch a little bit, you can probably win with him, but you just don't want to try to win with him in the long term because he doesn't physically satisfy the criteria that we're looking for. And look, they've won games with Jack Driscoll. Jack yeah. Driscoll's not bad. Oh, yeah. He's, in, he's yeah. in the mix for the competition. I imagine Steen will win it uh, and be the right guard. But yeah, it works in that way. And then on now, defense, what, what you think Steen's going to beat out Jurgens? Because I think he's got a shot. I, I think I you know. think he will probably be considered the lead horse in that race. Now Jurgens, Jurgens could potentially win it. I think that you know that he he'll always still be the next center. He has to prove he's strong enough to play right guard. Um, he did play it well in the small, and he played center well last year when he had to fill in for Jason yeah. during the preseason. But right guard's a little bit different. And then they, were, they almost got cursed by the Jason Kelsey elbow injury because then Jurgens had to play center yeah. all preseason yeah. and didn't really get the cross training. But it'll be a good race. And then who, the, the the good thing is I feel like whoever doesn't win the competition is still going to be a pretty good backup at that spot um, and that they can win with if need be. And I do think all the quarters coverage, John, that we're seeing, especially from the Eagles, the two high safeties, kind of lessens – the burden for a post safety to be a true center fielder, right? I mean, how often do you see the Eagles play at least start off with two safeties deep or yeah. if they're one, then they'd throw, roll the safety back a little bit. So, so a guy like Sidney Brown, he's probably going to wind up only playing a, a third to a half of the field anyway. All right. So we've got uh, Sidney Brown who quote unquote was a box safety. We'll find out what he is. They signed Terrell Edmonds who was a box safety. We'll find out what he is. Maybe we could actually find out what how they plan to use these guys if they ever let Sean decide talk. I am not going back down that road again. All right. Uh, instead, here's the question I've got for you. Talk about just putting a position out to pasture. Forget about linebacker. How about punter? Ty Detmer, they're bringing in the punter. No, not Ty Detmer. That would be uh, that would be uh, amazing yeah. if they brought Ty Detmer in to be a punter. Yeah. Ty Zetner. Ty oh, Zetner. Oh, Zetner. I, I sorry, I misread that. I thought it said Ty Detmer. I thought he was coming back to restoke his career and was going to do so punting for the Eagles. Uh, a kid from Kansas State who I've never heard of. Sorry, Ty. Um, is Aaron Simpson going to be the Eagles kicker again? Is he going to do the punting again this year? When last we saw Aaron Sipos, not good. Uh, are they going to bring in a veteran guy at some point to make it a three-way competition between Ty, 
Don't call me Detmer Zetner. I'm not sure that they are. I mean, I would hope that they would, but it's it's not exactly an area that they run to upgrade until they really get squeezed like they did last year and had to sign Brett Kern. So I'm, I guess I would say, though, Zentner will probably get a pretty good look here yeah. at what he can do. I think do. he's got a shot. He's I mean, he's from shot. Kansas State. If the one thing you know about Kansas State is that for like the last 30 years, they're always really good on special teams, right? I mean, that's that's always like ever since going back to Bill Snyder. So, um, hey, if the punter is good, he'll probably get a really good look. Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite Bill Snyder story ever? Sure. Now, you guys are, I'm the oldest of the crew, but you guys are not spring chickens either. So you can actually remember this. We'll have a couple of people here. They'll go, what the hell are you talking about? There was a time in our world where there was no such thing as the internet, where immediate uh, information was out there and floating out there and the like. WIP. I want to say 91, 92, somewhere there about Bill Snyder was the coach of Kansas State. And he's still a coach of Kansas forever, but he was a hot young coach at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, I am going to start a rumor here on WIP. It is false. It is a stone cold lie. I am making this, you know what, up. So if you're not listening now, you will not hear that. But for those of you who are listening, know that I'm lying. I'm making this up. (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles are interested in Bill Snyder as their next head coach. And I'm going to reference it 20 minutes from now and 40 minutes and did it over three straight hours. I said, I want to see where this is picked up because somebody will just get the story in a a Philadelphia reporter who's lying through his teeth. (laughs) The Eagles, as far as I know, have no interest in Bill Snyder. But we're going to talk as if they do for the next three hours. And I did, and the stories were breaking in Kansas. Oh, Bill Snyder might be going to the National Football League. That's wow. so funny you brought up Bill Snyder's name. Well, 30, almost yeah. 30 years ago. That's I not good. That's idea. why Jonathan Gannon's conflating talk radio with us. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, when I admitted to I told yeah. the people, listen, I'm lying to you. <laughs> I'm just making this crap yeah. up. It's not happening. You're so giving what too I, much what credit. I get from this is that Jody was the initial troll like what we call an internet troll yeah. now he was, was he, was, yeah. he is the godfather of trolls a stone troll, <laughs> troll 30 years ago yes i did because i at the time and now you can't do it anymore because the internet there's immediate access but the whole uh phone game the, passed yeah. down the line it changes as it goes from person to person to person oh yeah In the history I had, books uh, Jody, i had the, the there history was books a, have to uh, change now tried to get me a yeah. phone message from Kansas to see if I could confirm that I said I probably that, uh, still yeah. do. Oh, yeah, I did. Remember that time the NFL was interested in Bill Schneider? Remember that? that yeah, they probably yeah. still talk about that in Kansas. This, this right. should go in the chapter of a history book after we learn about the War of the Worlds night where you know, that radio <laughs> yeah. broadcast that made everybody think the aliens were attacking. And then this would follow right in the and history it, book. You, you should learn from War of the Worlds, Jody, because people will believe it. So don't <laughs> oh, yeah. pay that. I, I knew, that, I knew yeah. that I'd reel a couple in. Yeah. And I did that day. All right, most Wednesday X podcast going up inside the birds. It's out right now. It's out on all podcasts and YouTube platforms. Adam Kaplan and I, we did a little draft recap, a little uh, DeAndre Swift talk, uh, shared some of our scouting intel that we got on all the uh, the picks that the Eagles made, and then also the, what went into the trade to get DeAndre Swift. It's out. 
At Jeff P. Mosher. When did that change? It used to be, uh, didn't it used to be Jeff Mosher? I it was, it was. Well, you know, I do a Phillies podcast now as well. With oh, Frank okay. Close. And um, once Twitter took my blue check mark away, I just felt like switching things yeah. up a little bit, you know? Yeah. How about that? Taking our blue check marks. How Man, dare they? I feel naked. Mosher. Definitely yeah. naked. How dare they? <laughs> and I'm not up. paying them. I troll, will not do troll it. Troll under a new uh, uh, Twitter address. There we uh, go. Jeff, good stuff. Always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you much for coming on. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. That Thanks, Mosh. From InsideTheBirds.com and the Inside the Birds podcast. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Make sure you stick around. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. for coming in. One of the things we uh, didn't get to, John, which I suggest we strongly get to tomorrow is um, 
the other teams in the NFC East. Uh, Mosher called me a troll, which I I never were trolling there. No I never thought it. of it that way because back when I did it in the nineties, a troll was a little thing that lived under the bridge. There was the completely definition different different definition to the use of the word troll. Uh, so I wasn't thinking along those lines, but if you apply it to 2023 yeah i guess i was trolling all those years ago so uh that that was accurate ahead of the curve jody and we have a bunch of guys who i would refer to as trolls here on our stream and you know what surprised me john we've got 49er trolls and certainly cowboy trolls we don't have any giant trolls there are no guys that i can read what they they say and i can read between lines go well, they're just a giant fan, and they're trolling Eagles fans here on Birds 365. I'm, I'm surprised by that. You would think there would be some giant guys to do it. We certainly got 49er guys. Yeah. We certainly got Cowboy guys. We by don't it, by guys. the way, it's surprising we have 49er guys after the NFC Championship game. You figure they would crawl under uh, some kind of rock. No, they've, I, they've, guess the, I guess the Giants um, – you know, they had been so irrelevant for so many years. I think they got depressed, but you know, they were they showed some life last year. I'm surprised they're not back. They the they've fans. doubled down, have the 49er fans, uh, and more power to them. We'll see this year. Good luck uh when uh, the season gets underway because they had one of the only drafts that didn't get great grades. I, I checked everybody's draft grades. Everybody, Everybody gets A's, A, a-, 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 a- Exactly. A, yeah. A-plus, A-minus. Like who cares uh, like at that point? Our friends well, over uh, at Pro Football <clears throat> Focus, uh, and I went there because that's what they do. They give out grades. So yeah. if you're going to go to a place for grades that doesn't usually give grades, why would you do it? Go to a place that's grading all the time. So I wanted to see what Pro Football Focus had. Out of 32 teams. They had two that didn't get a B minus or better. 30 out of 30 teams got B minus or A's or B's. They had two in the C range. San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys. The only two who couldn't well, even break uh, by yeah, a B. But, um, Dallas's draft, I was not impressed by. Um, but I think the 49ers, they only picked. I mean, they didn't have their first pick till like the third round. Right. Um, and they got, you know, Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, what? why does nobody figure that into the equation? Um, oh, the draft is its own separate entity. Yeah, it's, I it's, mean, you, it's you, like... You, you don't actually <clears throat> tie it to the team. It's, uh, well, it's well, own, you, uh, you should. You should. Because, I mean, good to say, I'll take Christian McCaffrey over some slap, you know what, wherever... T.J. Hawkinson was another guy who worked out. Yeah, you're not getting those players in the draft. I hate to break it to you. So, you know, people that don't look at that, like when I look at the Eagles draft, I include DeAndre Swift as well. Um, maybe that's just me. But Right. No, you, you got the right grasp on it, John, but some people don't. Um, but uh, the reason I went to the troll line was, I hate to say it. I think the Giants had a nice draft. I think they had one of the best. Yeah, drafts. I would say of the NFC uh, East teams, I, I would say the Giants were clearly ahead of Dallas and uh, Washington. Agreed. I didn't like Washington's draft either. I didn't like Dallas's draft at all. So Giants we'll, got some pretty good players. 
we will sink our teeth into the Giants, the Cowboys, and the <clears> Commanders <throat> drafts tomorrow. Yeah, the only one for me that even comes close to comparing to the Eagles is the Giants. Giants had a pretty good draft. Cowboys, not so much. Commanders, not so much. And one quick last thought before we wrap this up. Carson Wentz, where are you? Uh, uh, we, we haven't brought that up in a while. And I don't well, know. Well, now why. you're going to see it, by the way, just a couple minutes ago. You're going to see teams, they didn't get certain things in the draft. The Bills signed uh, Latavius Murray. So now you're going to see some of these veteran players who, you know, if you didn't get something. You 14 know. quarterbacks drafted, John. <laughs> Most ever in the history of the NFL yeah. draft. Doesn't leave a spot for Carson Wentz, does it? I'll I'll, uh, I'll go out on a limb and suggest that by the time you and I get back here tomorrow, Carson Wentz will not have signed with a team. Testing hey. otherwise? No, I would I would not want Carson Wentz. But you know, if somebody gets hurt somewhere along the line, they're not going to want to play some fifth round pick. Uh, they're going to panic and you know try to find a better. And um, you know, we'll see. But no. I don't think it's going to happen right away. Uh, suggesting the I don't even know if he wants to play as a non. I you know I don't know. Now I know you weren't out there, but I know you uh, read the reports. He was supposedly at the combine selling himself to teams that he's okay with being a backup and knows what his role in the league is. That he showed up at the combine to try and get himself a job. That was February. We've now officially flipped the calendar to May. And Carson hasn't gotten a gig yet. Not a good sign for Carson Wentz. All right, uh, we got to get out of here. We're late. Partner, I'm back here tomorrow. You in? Let's do it, Jody. You will get John McMullen and Jody McDonald in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.